This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. When Joy and I were first married, I, uh, we had a pretty tumultuous relationship and uh, we were going through a difficult time emotionally and she was having a hard time emotionally. So I looked over her one day, this was early on, I looked, I looked over her and I said, you just need to snap out of it. That did not have the desired effect that I, that I, hoped, I hoped it would have. And, and I'm going to suggest that you, you never use that phrase. Uh, that does not work relational magic at all. And it's snap out of it and no, I just doesn't get it. Uh, the message of the title of this message this morning is called Get a Grip. And, and I don't want you to think it's delivered in the same tone that snap out of it is, is coming across. Actually, we're going to find it's a meaningful phrase that has meaning in our lives concerning our thoughts, our emotions, and it has a meaning concerning a, a deeper meaning, and that's our relationship with God. Get a grip when you are thinking of getting a grip, but it actually is talking about is control. Get control, someone says, get, a, get control of your emotions, which would imply then your thoughts. It implies self-control, and it actually is an empowering phrase because if you think about it, it means we're not victims here. We actually can have an element of control. We can control our emotions. We can control our thoughts. And so it's, it's, it can be empowering. Now, now, when do we need to get a grip? Well, there's things happening all around us that, that cause us to have to get control of things. Get control of thoughts and emotions when we feel like we're being overrun with fear and stress. Fear and stress just start to rise up. Sometimes you just have to catch it. Now, something that will help you on this is stop talking about how afraid and stressed out you are. That, that doesn't help you. If you just continually talk about that, you're more establishing it than you're helping get out of it. So sometimes we just need to catch ourselves and get a grip on that. We need to get a grip when we sense that we're going down that dark hole of despair. And sometimes we just have to catch ourselves and refuse to go there. Just refuse. There was a lady who was in a grocery store and she observed a young mother who had a very rambunctious, loud, verbal, and active three-year-old little girl in the, in the cart with her. And as she, this lady would pass the young mom, she would hear the young mom speaking, very calm tones. Ellen, it's going to be okay. Ellen, we're going to make this. Ellen, it's going to be all right. And she caught her on the next aisle. Again, she heard the same very calm tones. Ellen, you're going to be okay. Ellen, it's just a few more minutes. When they got to the checkout line, the lady just felt impressed to go over and tell this young mom how impressed she was. She says, I just want to tell you how much I thought you did such a great job with your child, even though your child was, was not, obviously not happy, but you, you kept speaking to little Ellen in such calm, measured tones. And that was really a blessing. And the young mom kind of half smiled. She said, well, to be honest with you, she said, my daughter's named Courtney. I'm Ellen. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to get a grip and, and, and catch yourself and not go down that dark hole of despair. We need to get a grip if we feel like we are losing our faith. When you feel like the, the what ifs and the, and the what abouts and the seeds of doubt, the enemy is always trying to plant seeds of doubt. So it's important to get a grip on these things. Now, it's good to get a grip, obviously, on our thoughts and our emotions. That's important to us. But then there's another way. There's another meaning. And getting a grip on God is something actually that can help us in all those areas. Paul talked about that when he wrote a very familiar passage in Philippians, the fourth chapter. This is what he said. He said, not that I speak from want, 
for I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means. I know how to live in prosperity in any and every circumstance. I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Now, it's interesting that we've often taken verse uh, 13 almost out of context. And by out of context, I call it the achievers verse. All the achievers, you know, athletes will quote, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, you know, my dad, that was like one of the first verses my father taught me when I was just a little guy to taught me that I can do all things. So I'd quote that sometimes before going in to take a test. I can do all things. I'm not taking away from that, but Paul actually is talking about something with a deeper meaning. He's saying, if I've got a grip on God, if I've got a hold on God, if I've got a relationship there, then regardless of what's coming my way, I've learned to live independent of circumstances. He said, I've learned to be content. He said, I've had great times and bad times. Basically saying, I've lived in prosperity. I've lived with humble means. I've had want. He said, I've learned to be content. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So what we learn is there's a grip on God, a relationship with him, that that's our relationship with him improves. It gives us the ability to handle so much of this other stuff that regardless of what's going on around us, we stay steady. In the catacombs of Rome, if you go in there right now, there are the tunnels underneath the ancient part of the city. And in those tunnels, you have a lot of early Christians that are buried there. Their tombs are there. Early Christianity was highly persecuted in Rome, and the Christians really literally had to go underground. And on their tombs are symbols of their faith. And the three symbols, it's going to surprise you that one symbol is not there. The three symbols are, the first one is a dove. You see a dove representing the Holy Spirit. The second one you see is a fish. Because the Greek, in the Greek words, the, the letters of spit, fish are the first letters for Jesus Christ, God's Son, Savior. So you see a fish. The third one, you would think, well, that's obviously going to be a cross. It's interesting that the cross does not show up as a religious symbol until about 300 years later. But what you see on those early tombs is an anchor. An anchor indicating that in the middle of uncertain and difficult times, that the hope we have in Christ, that the relationship we have in Christ is the anchor of our soul. And because I'm anchored in with him, because I've got a grip on him, I don't allow fear and stress to overwhelm me and I don't go down the dark hole of despair. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let me give you the passage where I got that term this morning, get a grip. It actually it comes from the, in 1 Samuel when David and Jonathan had an encounter in the woods. Here's this story here. David stayed in the stronghold wilderness and remained in the mountains in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul sought him every day, but God did not deliver him into his hand. So David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life. And David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a forest. Then Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the woods and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, do not fear, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Even my father Saul knows that. And he began to talk about these things. And Jonathan was going to David. David lived under constant stress. He was constantly under pressure. He had the most powerful man in the nation of Israel, the king, who wanted to kill him and was actively seeking to kill him. This wasn't a veiled threat. This was an absolute attack. And David was constantly having to run. And in the middle of having to run, not only that, he had about four to 600 men and their families 
who were with David and followed him. So he felt the responsibility of leadership. He felt what it's like to be a, a leader and, and feel responsible for all these men constantly on the run. But I like what Jonathan did. The Bible said that Jonathan went and strengthened his hand in God. He strengthened his grip on God. How did he do that? Well, it doesn't tell us exactly, but I can imagine he reminded David of how big God was and how God's power and God's hand was on his life and how God would not fail him. He reminded David that David did not have to give in to fear, that God would help him. And he also spoke to David about the future, that God's plans for David were still intact, that David was still going to be the king. So you get those things, and what did it do when Jonathan left? It left David with a stronger grip on God. Now that tells us something. It tells us some things that if we're going to, to get a grip or strengthen our grip on God, it tells us that other people can have an impact on that. Other people can make a difference in our grip on, and, and listen, this is one of the reasons that we underscore the value of church. The church, we should help you. I hope every time you come in here that when you leave, you feel like, I got a stronger grip on God. I got a, he's more real to me, or I know some things that I could do. And so that gives you a, a better grip. Church should do that. Unfortunately, so many, especially during this year, have let their grip slip. But listen, if that's you, and you're watching online, or you're here, and you've let your grip slip, I got good news for you. It doesn't take much to regrip yourself and get going with God. You say, I'm going to make an adjustment, and I'm going to walk strong with him. So it talks about, uh, underscores the value of church. It underscores the value of having good friends who are believers in your life. We need people around us who strengthen our grip, not people who weaken our grip. Because if someone can strengthen our grip in God, someone can weaken our grip in God. And I would encourage you, if you can, now if you're thinking of your spouse right now, I'm not saying that you just absolutely shut them down. I am not saying that. But if you've got people you hang out with and every time you're around them, they're trying to ding your faith and ding your, your trust in God. At some point in time, you need to look at them and go, whoa, I've heard enough. Listen, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe him. I don't even want to hear anything. You say, well, Alan, that's rude. No, that's smart because you don't need people taking your faith out of, out of line. You just stand up and go, no, I believe God. I trust him. In fact, you do that enough. You might not have to get rid of them. They may rid themselves of you. But the idea is we need one another. And that's one of the reasons we, we encourage you to serve and get a part of our serving teams or part of our groups because it's good to have Christian friends who can look at you and go, you're going to make it. God's going to help you. You're going to come through. We need one another. Here's another thing. If we're going to strengthen our grip, we need to redirect our focus. Whatever we focus on expands. If I said right now, okay, look around and spot the things in here that are blue. Well, immediately you begin to look for things and things that maybe you had not noticed before begin to stand out. Oh, that's blue, that's blue, that's blue. You weren't looking for it, but when you focus, anything we focus on expands. If we focus on problems, they expand. If we focus on God, he expands in our life. Now in Psalms, it, the, the psalmist said this, and I like this Psalms. It said, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. 
Now, the psalmist is speaking metaphorically that you can, obviously, he's speaking, lift up your eyes. Every time you see that phrase in the Bible, lift up your eyes, think about it. When someone is down or depressed, usually their eyes go down. But when they begin to lift up their eyes, they lift up their head, they begin to look for something beyond the current perspective. And so he is speaking that we have to look beyond what's currently invisible and what's currently in our face, and we have to look beyond that to a God, and not just any God, but to the God who made heaven and earth, who is bigger than any problem that we're dealing with. He is bigger than any situation. Now, it's interesting that that, that phrase, heaven and earth, I've noticed that this year, in particular, that phrase has stood out to me, that God has constantly reminded us that he is the God who made the heavens and the earth. And he does it all throughout the Bible because he wants us to understand we did not get here on our own. We did not create this on our own. We were created. We have a God. And one of the enemy's biggest lies is that God does not exist and all this happened randomly. And if you take that out of the equation or you believe that, then you take God out of the equation. But I don't serve a God like that. The God I serve made the heavens and the earth and he made me and he's still in control. And so with that in mind, with that in mind, we serve a bigger God. Great Britain did a, did a research, uh, published research a few years ago where they went around to people in England and they knocked on doors and they asked them the question, do you believe in God? They published this study under the title of one of the responses of a man. They asked him, do you believe in God? And they, and they would answer different questions. They said, do you believe in a God who, who intervenes in, in the course of life, who can change the course of destiny, who performs miracles? And one man titled the study. He said, no. He said, I don't believe in that God. I believe in the ordinary God. The ordinary God. I thought, how many people believe in an ordinary God? A God who's too small to do anything. A God who's too small to help. Guys, I want to tell you something. We lift up our eyes because we've got a God who made the heavens and the earth. And he's a big God and he's bigger than anything we're dealing with. And that gives us a different perspective. You say, well, how can I change my focus? One of the easiest ways to change your focus is this, expression of thanks. If you want to change your focus, just begin to thank God. Lord, I want to thank you. You've been good to me. Lord, I want to thank you. You've helped us. You can find so many reasons to thank God. And it's not just doing it by rote, but what it does is it shifts our focus to a God who is bigger. So we need to redirect our focus. The next thing we do is choose not to give in to fear. Choose not to give in to fear. So I don't, I don't know if I can do that. I, I can't help myself. I understand that thought, but there's a bigger thought here that we can choose not to fear. The psalmist said it, and he said it well. David, a man who dealt with fear, said this in the Psalms. He said, whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what can flesh do to me. Notice what he said, whenever I'm afraid. He didn't say we never have feelings of fear. He said, but when I, when I feel fear trying to wrap its arms around me, I don't yield to it. I don't give in to it. What I do is I choose to put my trust in God. And then he said, in God, I will praise his word. One of the best ways to put our trust in him is to put our trust in his word. That gives us something strong to hook on to. So we're not just going, oh, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid. We're going to go, God, I'm not going to be afraid because. And then we have his word to hold on to. I'll give you an example of that. Years ago, Joy and I lived in North Carolina. This was many years ago. We lived in a little apartment. 
bottom floor. And we stepped out of our bedroom one day, we're walking down the hall and we heard a sound. And it sounded like there was a lady who lived above us. And it sounded like she had fallen down on her floor and with her face to the floor, she was sobbing. And it was heartbreaking. I mean, it caught both of us. Both of us just stopped and went, oh my gosh. And we stopped and we prayed for her because it was such a heartbreaking sound. Fast forward a number of years and we're lying in our beds and in our bedroom up above us was our daughter's bedroom. And we heard the same heartbreaking sobs. And boy, you talk about getting to your heart. That got to our heart. Our daughter had come out of a bad relationship and she had ended a bad relationship we were glad the relationship was over, but our daughter was not getting better. And it seems like things were getting worse. And we could just hear her heartbreaking sobs over us. And it was taking a toll. And it was especially taking a toll on joy. You know, the enemy knows just how to go for your heart. And joy and Christina were very, very close, still are. But they were so close. And it was taking such a toll on joy. Now, those of you who know my wife, you know she loves God. But her grip was slipping. I looked at her one day. I said, are you going to make it? She actually looked at me and she said, I don't know. I don't know. But one day I was reading and I was reading in the Psalms. I love the Psalms. David dealt with so much. He deals with so much of, of life, deals with so much of, of human, the human drama. And, and David was, he was speaking about God. And in Psalms 145, verse 14 it says, the Lord, it said, the Lord upholds all who fall and raises up those who are bowed down. The word bowed down means, actually means to be defeated and oppressed by your enemies. When I read that verse, it, it just kind of sparked in me. And I remember I read that and, and we were getting ready to go to bed that night. And I said, hey, honey, I said, I read this verse. I said, I really think it, it pertains to Christina. And as I read that with her, and she heard those words, and he raises up those who were bowed down. That's like throwing a life preserver to a drowning person. She grabbed onto that, and she held on. And immediately, the help began to come for joy. Why? Because she chose, in the middle of that situation, to trust. Gave her a promise, and she held on to that. That God would raise up our daughter who was bowed down. And she, all it did was strengthen her grip. Did things get better immediately? No, not in Christina. But things did get better immediately in joy because now she had a grip and she had something to hold on to. The good news is joy made it. So did our daughter. She's a happily married woman with two beautiful boys today. And God raised her up and she's doing, she's doing well. We have to choose not to fear, guys. And choose to be a, and you know, I, I, I really believe God's plan is that his people would be a, a, an island of peace and a tumultuous sea. That people can look at your life and go, whoa, what, what is it about you that's different? Don't just say, well, I, I take drugs. That's not going to help anybody. You can say, no, I tell you, the, the, the Lord's good. He's helping me. His peace is my peace. And when I'm afraid, I will trust in him. The last thing we can do is we can still believe that God has a future for you. That God has a future for you. Sometimes people are, are losing heart, but I love, what the, I love what the psalmist said. Psalms 27, verse 13 said, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
I would have lost heart. He said, I would have gotten discouraged unless I believe. Listen, people are looking around right now. There's a lot of people who are discouraged. There's a lot of people who are upset, but we're not those people. We're people that walk by faith and not by sight. And we believe that we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. We will see his grace in the land of the living. We will see his help in the land of the living. That does not mean heaven. That means right here, right now is where we see God's help. And we have, to, we have to choose to lift up our eyes and go, God, I still believe you have a future, that you're still the God of the future, and that if you're the God of the future, you have a good future for me. My darkest days were when I'd left Texas and moved back to North Carolina to start a church years ago. And they were dark days for me because I started a church and it failed. It didn't make it. We shut it down. I'd, I'd left a, a good job here in Texas, left a good church. I was at Lakewood Church with John Osteen, was our pastor, just so involved, and everything shut down on us, and financially, we were hurting big time. And then my TV broke. Like, could it get any worse? <laughs> these are, and please understand, these are pre-internet days. There, there, there was no YouTube. It, there was just, your TV broke, <laughs> you're done. So... So here I was at the lowest point in my life. And so I decided I was going to seek God. <laughs> it's a good idea. I thought, why not give this a try? Why not seek God? And so I couldn't watch television anymore. Everybody would go to bed. I did stay up and I'd begin to read my Bible more and I began to pray and just, I began to get serious about God to begin to seek God. And something unusual began to happen. Hope began to rise up in me. Things begin to change on the inside. Listen, you can't spend any time with the God of hope and the God of light and not have your perspective begin to change. And hope begin to rise up on the inside. And instead of being discouraged, I was now hopeful. Instead of believing and, and being in despair, I was thinking that maybe God still had a future for me, that maybe there were still good days to come. And before anything changed on the outside, something began to change on the inside. Not because I was a preacher, because I wasn't. Not because I'm special, because I wasn't. It was because I strengthened my grip on God. And when I strengthened my grip on Him, things began to change on the inside. And I began to believe that there was a future still. And that was one of the ways that God got us back to Texas. Listen, guys. There's a lot of stuff that's going on, but we still have a God that's bigger than all. And we still have a God that we can trust in. And what we need to do is strengthen our grip on him. Would you bow your head for a moment? You know, the bigger picture here is that, is that we live in such a way that other people are inspired by our life. When our grip on God is strengthened, it does something in us that makes us a blessing to the people around us. Yeah, God wants you to live a good life, absolutely. But not only that, He wants you to be a witness, a witness of how good He is and how big He is. And that's a great opportunity. You have an opportunity to preach a sermon every day without saying a word, just living in His peace and joy. Said your bowed and eyes are closed. If you're here or you're watching online and You've never made a decision to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. We want to give you that opportunity. Or maybe you've done that and you realize that you have, your grip has slipped and you've just stepped so far away from God. We're going to say a prayer. We're not going to have you stand up or come to the front. If you're there at home, you can pray this with us. Or wherever you're watching online, you can pray it out loud. If you're by yourself, if you're not, you can pray it quietly to yourself. If you're, if you're here this morning and you say, you know, Alan, I, 
I know I want a relationship with God or I want to come back to my relationship with God. Would you pray for me? Just real quickly slip up your hand across this auditorium. Thank you. Thank you. We're not, thank you. Great. Appreciate your courage. Thanks. Yes. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. Put your hands down. We're going to pray. Again, like I said, we're not going to have you stand up or come to the front, but I want you to pray this prayer. We're going to pray this with you as a church family. You can pray it out loud so you can hear yourself pray. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. If head's still bowed and eyes closed, Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer, both in here and online. Thank you, Father, that those who've come out of darkness into light and those who've come home, we rejoice with them. And Father, for those of us who are serving, thank you that we can strengthen our grip on you, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, that we can lift up our eyes in the middle of difficult times and give you all the praise. Thank you for being our God, our Father, our Maker, the Creator of heaven and earth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Guys, before we leave, listen, if you have prayed that prayer with us, if you're online, you can you can text the word in to 313131 or you can click one of the boxes. If you're here with us, there's a, a card that says yes by your feet. If you'll take it and, and fill it out or just put your name and decision, we promise to pray for you every week. We don't miss because we realize the value of your decision and we want to support you on that. Let me bless you before we go. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. We love you. We're praying for you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for watching. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.